You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to part two of I Wish I Would Have Known on Surviving Singlehood, the series here with Sister Jakia. We are so excited. I know I feel like I'm about to burst right <laughs> I can't keep still. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, so I'm so ready to hear her next point of what what she wish she what she wishes she would have known before she was married. In I mean, do I need to recapitulate the the importance of this? Because I think sometimes. You know, because I'm single, it seems like I'm such an advocate for us staying single and I'm partial to being single. It's not just that. It's really not that. That's not my inspiration behind this. What it is, is that I want you all to get the most out of being single. I want you to know that this is a precious time where God is actually shaping and molding you for your spouse if it's his will for you to be married. And you don't want to come up lacking when that season comes around and you don't want to delay your seasons because you haven't been permeable and willing to move with the Lord as he's trying to shape you up. So um, we have Sister Jakia here. She's going to be pouring into us. But before we go into this amazing scripture-based Holy Spirit-led conversation, we are going to pray. Okay, Sister Jakia, would you like to pray? Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you, Lord God, for just your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for just you moving on this podcast. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing, all the lives that you're changing, all the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that you're giving. We just ask, Lord God, this this podcast continues to be a blessing to the hearers. And Lord God, also the ones who do that they may bring glory to your name. And we ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so we had the first three points. Can you do a recapitulation of that? So my first one was, I wish I would have been whole. Mm. Um, Really quickly, just all the, the pieces of me that were broken prior to um, that would include my childhood, adolescence, my early twenties, all the things that I've experienced that um, had infiltrated my life and had created strongholds. I wish I would have been whole, got the deliverance that I needed, the counseling that I needed and just, you know, being complete in that area of my life. The next one, was to be obedient, to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because as he talks, you know, it was, it's up to us to listen. Um, There's still things he's still saying, but being obedient um, is very important. And the last one that I went on was, it's not about a carnal minded list. Um, The things that we look at on the outer appearance of a man uh, or a woman, the things, you know, that we expect from a man or a woman, just taking that list. I mean, because ultimately God knows what you like and he knows what you need. Um, and just praying on the things as far as what would help build 
your family, praying for his, his spirituality, praying for his prayer life, praying for his anointing, praying for just him being grounded, rooted and grounded in Christ so that he'd be able to lead the family. So those were the first three things um, that I thought, man, if I would have known about these and really grasped and, and took charge and made sure that, you know, I had those down packed, I mean, I would be in a better situation. So let me ask you, what do you believe should be the primary focus and goal of a single person, a single Christian person? Well, that leads me to my next point. My next point, and I believe should have been the most, the first point or the most important is to be grounded in your relationship with God. Um, as you would say, be married to Christ because that is really your stability. Mm. That's going to be your stability before you get married. That's going to be your stability during the process of getting married. That's going to be your stability in the midst of your marriage. That doesn't go away. It shouldn't fade. It should grow and intensify. Mm-hmm. And that is something I wish I would have known because I, in a sense, in the beginning of my courtship, my focus went off of him, the Lord, and went on to him my now husband and although he maintained his prayer life and his walk with the Lord I was just so excited and enthusiastic about something new coming into my life and that is life-changing that my focus got off of him and so I think that um in a in a sense damaged Damage made more damage um, because he was still talking. He was still Mm. instructing. Jesus. He was still leading. And if I would have been more ready to or more committed than some of the the mistakes I made during my courtship, I wouldn't have made. Mm -hmm. So that is... Something I really believe our single women should hold on to. If you're strong in it, man, I mean, grow, intensify, push harder. And if you aren't there yet, I would say get started because it is the most important thing. You know, I I have a question for you because I know you mentioned your age being a factor in why, you know, you felt like you needed to have a spouse at that particular time. There are women who are just like um, me in their thirties, you know, never married, no children, and maybe have gotten those prophetic words about their spouse. um, And they're wondering, you know, and some of them are feeling embarrassed and some of them are trying to figure out if something is wrong with them. I just want to ask you, on the other side, in knowing what you know now, with the wisdom you have now and with your list of, you know, what you wish you would have known before you went into your marriage covenant, is there any shame in a woman, you know, a Christian woman 
serving the Lord, but being in her 30s or her 40s or even her 50s and not being married? Not at all. I wouldn't say that there should be any shame. There shouldn't be any shame. The only reason why I believe we push so hard to be in a marriage sometimes is like I said before, you look into the right, you look into the left. This person has painted this picture, social media. It does so much damage to us. And we sit here looking at all these quote unquote influencers and their relationship, relationship goals. And we're saying, when is it going to be my turn? Mm -hmm. When am I going to have that image of happiness? And really, God is saying, it's coming. I'm just cultivating. I'm, I'm doing some things. I'm remaking some things. Jesus. It may be in this point, you're not ready. Because I'm I know somebody. if I were to give you this person, you, you would mess it up. So a lot of times I think we have to look at ourselves and not to say every single time it's us, but there are many times where we block our own blessings. Mm. It may be words that we've said, well, I don't want him if he like this, or I don't want this. And I, it may be certain things, you know, we have announced in the atmosphere and the Lord saying, you ain't ready yet. Help us, Jesus. You're not ready yet. Can I interject here mm -hmm. really quickly? Because I've been pretty transparent with my whole life. <laughs> Since, you know, um, stepping into the ministry and everything like that. And I have to say this. Now being on this side of deliverance and being free and everything. I would say those things. And um, it was not uncommon for me to say, you know, I'm not getting married. I don't want to get married. I'm not having children. I and there were times when I said it because of insecurity or because I was dealing with rejection and it was easier for me to believe that it would never happen. It was easier for me to pronounce that over myself. And of course, it was satanic. Of course, they were saying, listen, let's get her to say these things because death and life are in the power of her tongue and she's going to eat mm -hmm. the fruit of what she said, you know, but there were, I, I know that there, like, I thought about when I was younger and I used to say, no, I don't want to have any kids. And I was like a teenager and I used to say, I cannot stand kids. I don't want any kids at all. Let me chill, you know, for the rest of my life. But when I turned 18, I began to work in a daycare. Now my grandma, she was, uh, she retired from nursing and so, and pediatric nursing too. So we always had little kids in our home, you know, all my little cousins, everybody, she watched, grandma watched everybody, right? The neighbor's kids and stuff like that. And I loved being with the kids, but um, I got into that teenage age where the issues that I had really began to pile up on me. And you begin to see people being in relationships and you, you start seeing stuff and I, it just wasn't happening for me. And I had those daddy issues. So I was like, I'll never get married. I'll never have children, you know? And that was my mindset. So then I got into this, oh, I can't stand kids. I don't want kids. That's okay. You know, I'll look at them from a distance, but they're so annoying. Never will I have kids. <laughs> and so then when I started working in the daycare, I was like, man, I really love children. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, I had to come to terms with the fact that I was just hurt because I said, I'll never have them. And I kept that mentality. I said, well, I'll never have children. And by the time I'm 30, if, if I'm not married, I had no real hope that I would be. I said, I will just adopt. 
And um, none of that clearly has happened. The Lord, when I hit 30 and I, and this is what I said when I was not saved. And when I got saved and everything, and clearly we're 33 now over here in this region in Raleigh. (laughs) So clearly I didn't have any children when I hit 30 and I wanted to adopt. And the Lord is like, no, you know, but he really had to deal with with me and my level of confidence and security and understanding his perfect will. And then me being whole for me to be able to say, I do want to get married. <laughs> and I am too. <laughs> and I have mad babies. Over the airwaves. We yes, gonna, and yes. That's right. We're going to be like, I don't care if I'm like Sarah, honey, I will be popping them things out at 90. So that's to anybody who is who is um, listening to this and you're single. And sometimes we can try to hide behind our spirituality and we're so deep. (laughs) Like Mm. we're so deep that we don't need companionship. Even when God created Adam and Adam was in his purpose and Adam had, listen to this, he had perfect fellowship with God. There was no sin. There was nothing in the way. He ain't had no daddy issues. Nothing was in the way. Nothing was, nothing was wrong. He was doing everything right. He has dominion. He was doing his thing. And God still looked at him and said, it is not good. That man should be alone. He can't be alone. I'm going to make a suitable helper for him. So it's almost like when we begin to react like, oh, I'm so spiritual. I'm so deep. I'm good. And God wants to give us a spouse. It's like we're trying to do something that's unnatural. And you all know, I talk about eunuchs. I do believe just like Jesus said, that there are some people who are born eunuchs, okay? Some are made eunuchs for the kingdom's sake. There are some people who will who will not get married. There are some people whose lives, like um, Bishop Iona Lott, are completely dedicated to the work of the Lord, and that's just it. She was never married. She never had any children whatsoever. But that's not everybody's call, and that's not everybody's case. And we just want to make sure that when you get into that marriage covenant, that that marriage covenant can be as full and sufficient and satiating for you as it's supposed to be. And it can actually be this amazing Aquila and Priscilla type thing, because when y'all collided, it was like y'all were both operating in this strong anointing because y'all was <laughs> all, <laughs> Jakia's probably laughing because I have a bunch of shoulder movements going on right now. <laughs> My shoulders need to help me get these words out. Like, I really feel like there's a grace to be married and I feel like there's a grace to be single. And if you're operating in either or, you're going to be fine. And if you take advantage of that grace to be single, when you get married, it's on. You know, like it's just it's it's going to be double the anointing. It's going to be double the purpose. And it's all colliding. It's merging. It's coming together. And God has created it to set this earth on fire for his kingdom. And um, that's what all these years of singleness is for. And sometimes we could spend time just trying to figure out why we're still single and looking around and sad and dating the wrong people. And God is like, can you go into your prayer closet, please? <laughs> I got some oil I want to put on you. I need to talk to you. Go in the, go in the oh. closet. <laughs> All right. Jakia, after I done ran my mouth for, I don't, what was that? About 10 minutes just now? almost. <laughs> Please <No. laughs> tell us what's the next thing you wish you would have known before you got married. The next one, I would say, I wish I would have um, adapted my mindset 
and really obtain confidence. Help us, Holy Spirit. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) No, because you just hit me like you hit me like Gertrude Stack. You went for one bow, bow, right on the chest. (laughs) Whoa. Say it again, please. (laughs) I wish I would have had. <clears throat> a mindset change and obtain confidence, like had a strong grip on confidence Ooh, as a young woman. And, and this is coming from the heart because like I had, I, I had issues. I'm getting over my issues. Um, and sometimes the enemy still tries to bring those issues up to me, but just understanding that once, once God gives you, that man, when that man finds you, that he is going to love you. If he's, um, and, I, and this is me saying a man of God, a man of prayer, a man who is seeking the Lord's face. Because his first objection is to the Lord. His first level of reverence is to God. And if he reverences God, he's going to love you. And understanding that, that. I wish I would have just said, okay, these little confidence issues that I may have with myself that I'm thinking about myself um, in different aspects of my life, because it's not, it's not just the image thing. Although most of it was about my image. It was in, you know, me bringing something to the table, me having enough, me being smart enough, me being, um, business savvy enough me being able to raise children like just having that confidence to be all that a woman a wife is supposed to be um I wish I would have obtained that confidence and knew that God loved me and he is he is performing works in me and he's going to bring it um, he's going to bring it to where it's going to it's going to be a good end to it I wish I would have just been in a good place with that because it's hard. It's harder to deal with it in courtship and in marriage if you don't have confidence in yourself. Wow, that's deep, and um, that's something I know very well about struggling with confidence, and um, especially when you're single and you really don't have anybody to affirm what you're trying to believe about yourself. And, um, and then let's not, you know, put into the equation, if people told you negative things about you or about your ability to learn or about your appearance, you know, so, um, that, that, that is really, really, really true. We do, we need to work on our confidence. We need to have that, um, transformation, um, by the renewing of our mind taking place before we actually link ourselves to someone because we bring our insecurities to them and we expect them to be able to deal with it and fix it and know every thought and know every sensitive spot and all that stuff. And um, it's really it's really almost impossible. And I just feel led by the Holy Spirit to say this, that when the Lord puts two people together. So I'll just I'll give this example, like there are some things that I'm good at and there are some things that I know nothing about. 
So if you give me something with my hands, like I love to draw, I love to paint, I love to be artistic, I love to cook, I love to bake, I will sew, you know, um, I will decorate just uh, stuff that I can um, be creative with. I I love to do those things, right? Y'all saw me put together the little screen savers. I do the graphics for my books, the editing and stuff like that. I love stuff like that. Artsy stuff. I love it. But there are some things that I'm just not good at, right? Um, But I love to cook. I know about food. I know about health. I know about nutrition, the human body. I can tell you all about essential oils, various things for your skin and all that other stuff, your hair. Did my little research. But I don't know much about running a business. (laughs) I, I, I don't, you know, there are just some things that I'm just not good at. There are just some things that I just don't. No, you know, um, I'm not into the 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 majors in school that would give me academic knowledge. So I can't say I'm good in psychology. I can't say that I'm good in math. You know what I'm saying? Clearly, I know the basics. I know language arts and English. Okay, maybe a little (laughs) bit of history. But other than that, you know, I can't say that I have that profound intelligence in those areas. And what the Holy Spirit has helped me to understand is that he will put me a person like me with someone who does not know a thing about art, (laughs) who does not know a thing really about cooking healthy food. And, but they may know a lot about running a business and they may know how to do the math and all that other stuff. And we will come together and think each other is just so amazing because he can do what I can and I can do what he can. And the two become one and we're able to run that household. He can help the children with their homework, their math homework, and I can help them with their art projects and everything will just go absolutely awesome. So it's not something for us to be thinking about, like, I'm not smart enough. You know, there are some things that are just not interesting that, you know, I'm just I'm just super boring. Nobody will probably like, no, there's somebody, even if you guys are not exactly the same, the Lord knows how to match people together to where he's like, man, she knows so much about X, Y, and Z. I just don't know. I can listen to her talk for hours, you know, or even think about it like this from a spiritual perspective, people, according to their anointing, receive understanding of the word of God. That's why there's some people who are worship leaders who can pull information about worship out of anything. They can take, they can minister a scripture about worship (laughs) for two hours and make it seem so deep. Because that's where their anointing is. And so that's how the Holy Spirit deals with them. And that's how the Holy Spirit uses their vessel to teach people about worship. I can't do that. But boy, can I teach somebody about holiness? Oh, (laughs) sit down with me, honey. (laughs) We could take it all the way back to Genesis. Let's talk about this. So everybody has their own anointing. So you may say, oh, man, I don't know all these types of scriptures and stuff like that. Well, this is the time for you to find out who you are, crack open your Bible, sit in the presence of God and learn what your anointing is, learn what your passion is, learn what your burden is. And you can bring that to um, the marriage. I don't know a thing about prophecy. As far as I'm like, I really need to learn about it. I don't know about it. I can't teach that. But there are some people who can, and I would think they are profound. They would just be amazing to me if I could sit at their feet and learn that. And the things that I can, I can pull holiness, sanctification and separation. Give me anything and give me, give me the most random Bible scripture. I'll be like, see, 
That scripture right there <laughs> connects to that other scripture about holiness. You see how the Holy Spirit works? Get talk talk to me about the oneness of God. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's go <laughs> all the way in. Uh, we could take it from the Old Testament to the New. Let's do this. Um, but I don't know everything about scripture. Okay. I would love to say I know everything about the book of Revelation, but that just wouldn't be the truth. There is somebody who knows much more than me who could sit down with me and say, let me teach you this. Let me tell you what I know. So we don't have to feel um, less than I can't think of the word um, because we don't we feel like we don't know it all. And we wonder what we can contribute to a conversation. Well, you can contribute what you know, because nobody knows it all. He will contribute what he knows. And together you both will have enjoyable conversations and teach each other. So, um, you know, we don't have to feel insecure about our level of intellect because we are who we are. Um, You don't have to feel um, insecure about what you can and cannot do because everybody can't do everything. Some people, you know, you can do what you can do. That person over there can do what they can do. You know, Jakia's husband, he's great with cars. Let me tell you something. All I can do is drive a car. You know what I'm saying? But imagine if Jakia was like, man, I don't know nothing about cars. We're <laughs> not compatible. Like, no, what are you talking about? What do you know about? What can you do? And that's what you bring to the table. And then you both make a team. You think about a football team or a basketball team. It's not made up of everybody playing the same position. People have their specialized areas and it makes that team Um, a full team, a complete team. And it's the same thing when it comes to marriage. So I just wanted to talk about that really quickly because that self-confidence and thinking like, am I smart enough? I used to wonder, I'm like, I'm so boring. Like, I don't even have a television. I don't know what's going on. Like, what am I going (laughs) to talk about? I don't have anything to talk about, but I have plenty to talk about. I'm going to talk about whatever little sanctified 33 year olds like to talk about, you know what I'm saying? Who don't have a television. That's it. All right. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. So um, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think that, you know, you wrapped it all up in a pretty little bow. Tiffany's running her mouth tonight. Tiffany had ice mm-hmm. before this started and they had cane sugar. Wrapped up in a pretty little bow. And it's, it's simply put, just, you know, deal with that. Deal with that issue. If it is an issue, deal with that issue. Amen. Amen. All right. What's that next point? Is it the next and final point? Can we say that? The next and final point. (laughs) (laughs) As I always be talking, Mm -hmm. he said, yeah, you should have learned about this too. Um, (laughs) Is how to deal with your finances. Help us. How to be a good steward over what you have. Because. Once you are in a relationship and courting and marriage and everything like that, guess what? Those are being combined too. Some people are like, oh no, you know, we be having our stuff all separate. You can think that. No, but, it's going to be together. Right. And I'm going to be spending. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and I, I, pro- I promise you, when I first got married, um, the, the main account, I, I struggled. I struggled with joining it together. And I, I I didn't know why at that moment, but as I journeyed back into my adolescent life, something was said to me. Um, and it was, you know, make sure you have your own. 
Always make sure you have your own because if he up and leave, at least he ain't going to leave you with nothing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I carried that thing. So when it was like time to, okay, we're going to come together and have this account. And I was real reluctant. And I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> But I didn't know because he was bad. I was it was because I was not a good steward. I didn't watch my finances like I should. I didn't balance my checkbooks and stuff like I should have. I was a spender. I like to shop. Mm-hmm. Um, for the longest time, it was me spending on me. And I came into my marriage and I had bonus children. Love my babies. And I began spending on them. So it was like, you're out here and you're not taking care of business. Believe it or not, he ain't just supposed to be supplying you with the funds. You are supposed to play your part or do your um, play your part. And, and me, I was the one paying the bill. So he would give me the money when I moved to New York. Um, I didn't have a job. He was taking care of all the bills and it was even at one point he was paying them too, but I, you know, began to start playing my little role and I would pay the bills and it was like, I was spending so there was nothing left. So the left, the little leftover, it was like, Oh, I'm going to go run up the Marshalls right around the corner. Marshalls was right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Always something I could buy at Marshalls. Always something I can decorate the house with at Marshalls. Always something or, um, buying the kids clothes and stuff like that not that they didn't have a lot of clothes I just like to buy them clothing but what I'm learning now that I should have learned before is how to take care of business because at the end of the day your home is a business Mm. your home is a business break that down for us please the way (laughs) the way I look at it is just like you want a business to grow and flourish. It's the same way you want your home to grow and flourish. Mm. And you have savings accounts, you have emergency funding, you have um, things you want to purchase, you want to buy a home together, you have vehicles, you have all these things that are a part of your business. Mm. And you have to be able to take care and manage all the aspects of the business. You have to pay, you know, all the bills, the, the mortgage, and the, it's, it's a business. You have exports and imports. So now that I'm thinking of it like that, you know, sometimes, you know, my husband would be like, well, just write everything down. And I had to learn, get an Excel sheet, write mm-hmm. all of the bills down, write the dates. I mean, I had to learn how to manage. And I'm still learning. The Lord, the Lord is always teaching me a more convenient way mm-hmm. um, or efficient way, I should say, of how to do what I'm doing. Okay. So being financially responsible, if you're not now, you won't be when you get married. Mm. So find a way to do that now. Have, have a savings. Have an emergency fund now. Don't wait and say, well, he's going to have everything I need. Mm-hmm. He needed a, need so, a business partner. Mm-hmm. So we learn how to do it now. 
Mm-hmm. How, what type of mindset do we have to have to surrender that type of independence and merge with someone and just say, well, I learned these skills. I'm just bringing it to the table. I can take hands off to a certain degree now. I'll just pay the bill. Like how, how do we surrender that? I know how I'm going to surrender it because I'm tired <laughs> of paying my own bills. So that's all right. You do it. Like you could pay them. That's fine. But um, how in general? Because everyone may not have that mentality. The way, the way I was humbled was I came to New York and I was not working. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my husband would give me an allowance. Mm-hmm. And that was a, hum- it was like, he was taking me through the humbling moment and I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. But I got used to the fact that, okay, he's taking care of the bills. He's, you know, he's the one providing money for um, groceries and stuff like that. And I just said, okay, I trust God in this process. Now, am I saying it was easy? No. It was not easy. I was, you know, rough around the edges. But, <laughs> <laughs> but now I can say, you know, the more communication that we have, um, about finances. Finances should be an open communication topic. It should not be something where we just don't talk about it. Um, yes, sis, talk about that credit score. Ooh. Talk about it. Get it together. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's something that's being financially responsible. Mm-hmm. Because we don't, nobody wants to talk about Everybody thinks, oh, it's not the right time. To talk. And yes, excuse me. Like I said, it's it's a business contract. It's a loving contract. It's a, a spiritual connection. It's all of that, but it is a business contract. You are, I'm joining with you. Okay. You don't want a brother to come into your life with a 330 and you have a 750 and you saying we're trying to make some work. And we talking about we trying to we trying to get a house. And you go right. play around with three thirty. What you been doing? <laughs> right. You don't That's want no wife. Go somewhere. <laughs> fix it. You're saying. You're saying, man. I can't pay nobody back. I can't. Oh, I got three thirty. Jakita, <laughs> come on now. Help him. <laughs> Where he been? A four twenty. Okay. Real. Realistically, I've seen. I heard people talk about. Oh, I had a four twenty. I mean, I've been low before, but I ain't never seen no for I, Look, you know what? I'm not going to do that because people actually deal with those things. But what I'm saying is when we become financially responsible, we start paying off our debts. We start making changes for ourselves. We don't wait until the other person comes into our life to say, oh, you're going to help me up my credit score. No. Yeah, that's sad because while they're trying to help you, while you expect them to help you increase yours, you're lowering theirs. Exactly. Um, I could just interject this really quickly that I, um, to fix my credit score and like get old stuff off of it because like there were like cards opened before I was old enough. You understand? So I didn't really, so credit got, we not going, we going to slide past it. But there were things um, that I had to pay off And so this is what I did. I worked with an agency, can't remember their name. There's plenty of them out there that they do the writing 
to get stuff removed off of your credit report. And when I did that, my credit score, it completely skyrocketed. It was it was good. So there are things you can do. Also, find out, are there any debts that you have? Like, are, is there anything that you need to pay? Find out and then pay it. Like, um, what, was your, what was the last time you even checked your credit score? People are scared to check their credit score. Mine is right on the screen. When I open up my bank account, I have credit wise is right. Mm-hmm. There. I can yep. see. And um, just all you do is this is something that I live by. If I can't pay for it with cash and I can't afford it, I don't want a credit card. OK, if I can't pay for it with cash, then I can't afford it. That goes to groceries. If I got to spend seventeen dollars in the grocery store. That's what I'm doing before I go and open up a credit card so that I can eat, you know, lavishly or whatever. Like (laughs) I will struggle before I put debt on myself. Okay. And of course we have typical debt. At least I do like a car note and student loans and things of that nature, which are things that are more understandable in society. And they'll say, okay, we, we can understand that. But, you know, if you're just not paying your bills and you have a whole bunch of debt collection and things like that, It's really, I mean, like it's scriptural, like you need to, that contract you went into, and this is how the father dealt with me years ago, that contract you went into, it actually means something. You said that you would do X, Y, and Z and that you would pay X, Y, and Z. If you don't do it, you're a thief and a liar. You have to pay your bills. So my bills are paid off to the best of my, of course, my car note not paid off. We're going to get there one day, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, as far as just accumulating debt and, you know, that's real messy to accumulate debt and then want to join that debt to someone else who and then you looking for someone who's financially responsible. I feel this way. If you want somebody great, then you need to make sure you are great also. Of course, I don't expect to bring to the table what a man is going to bring to the table, and he shouldn't be expecting to bring to the table what I bring to the table as a woman. However, I'm not going to um, drag him down because he's a good man. You know what I'm saying? I want to be a good woman to as far as what I can do um, categorically. I can make sure I have a good credit score so that when it's time for us to purchase a home, you know, our credit score is not all low and they don't see a bunch of debt and irresponsibility. So um, it really is good. And I know that taking care of your finances and being a good steward, that was probably like a sidetrack. That was probably like left field for so many of us who are listening to this right now. That was like a verbal <laughs> slap and everything. I feel, I feel like the, your breath like kind of just crossed <laughs> my face the other way. I was not, I'm serious. Like when you said it, I was not expecting that was like a verbal slap. It hit me. Pow. Okay. When she said it, how many of us were thinking that, that as you're single, you need to know how to handle your finances and how to be a good steward. Cause when you're single, you don't really have that much responsibility. So you right. can take that little surplus though. And go toss it up on some shoes real quick just because you feel like it. Why not eat out every night? Because you sick or you ain't got nobody to cook for. You don't have all that responsibility. But remember, you want to have a healthy marriage. And so you have to learn like good habits. You have to learn how to be a wife now so that you can bring all of that good character 
into your marriage. There are things now the Lord does not allow me to do in my own privacy in my own home, just because it's, it's just not good for business. When you're married, you can't do that. You might as well learn how to do it now. So you don't bring no bad habits into your, your, when you wake up, brush your teeth, you know, don't be walking around with funky breath. Cause it's just you and the cats, you know what I'm saying? Just like <laughs> regular, just down to the littlest thing God is concerned with, you know, because we don't know what a doorway can be. And what if, what if like y'all married honeymoon face is just, it's gone now it's dissolved and he don't want to smell your funky breath no more. Now it's not cute no more. It's just, it's just, please, can you go brush your teeth? And then <laughs> that can be an argument if he say it, or he don't want to kiss you in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Oh, now you act funny. It's like, no, you have bad habits. You need to be clean. You need to learn how to do certain things. And um, God knows who he's going to put you with. And he knows what their pet peeves are, what they like, what they don't like. Um, and um, we need to, we need to be mindful of how we're living and um, how we're behaving and how we're handling our responsibilities. I'm just saying, just, just going on with, with um, what Sister Jakia said, there's this apostle and he was preaching and he says, some of y'all want, he was saying some of y'all want responsibility or some of y'all want to operate a mission. He was saying something and he said, but if I go to your house, <laughs> you got shoes in your kitchen and y'all, Okay, so I live in an apartment. So when I walk in, my kitchen is almost like right there. And I take my shoes off as soon as I come in. But it's like I always hear his voice saying, hey, you got shoes in your kitchen. And I always have to just immediately pick my shoes up, <laughs> put them in a shoe box and put them in my closet. Like I can't even just leave them at my front door. It's too close to the kitchen. But guess what? When that man, when that man gets married, his wife probably better not do that. She probably better not leave. So I'm just saying like, God knows how to give you the right habits for your spouse and how to be responsible for your spouse. There's somebody who may enjoy you putting shoes in the kitchen. You don't know what people like. That's their business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God will shape you up for that type of person. But um, just be mindful of everything, even down to the smallest things, things that we wouldn't even consider like spending habits. Because literally for me as a single person, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like I could put my shoulders in that, start moving my hands. <laughs> I want to buy what I want to buy. <laughs> I want to go where I want to go when I feel like I need to go. <laughs> okay. And I don't need nobody trying to tell me something to the side for an emergency <laughs> right get to clapping and all that because um but it's just a level of responsibility I'm not used to so here in sister Jakia like she said she um got she went into this covenant and she had two bonus children and so now automatically you are learning how to be a steward you need to know how to be a steward over uh, uh children you know and the husband in the household and like she said, if she would have known this before she got married, then the Lord would have been able to cultivate that type of um, character in her. So I'm going to pray that God gives all of us single women the grace to stop shopping, to start saving, to start working on our credit scores, to stop to, to say no when you're about to check out. And they say, do you want to try for a credit card? No, no. I do not. Not at all. Okay. So Sister Jakia, I, I just, I'm telling you, I feel like <laughs> I've been like Jabba Jaws tonight. 
No. But is there anything that you would like to add? <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's amazing. I think, you know, it all goes back to the word when I think about, you know, how we have so many expectations for these men mm. that's going to come into our lives. And mm. the word says, do unto the simplest word, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm. Um, that's word. That's that's going to be there always and forever. And my thing is, how are you, how, if, if you're expecting this thing, this, this man, how are you as a woman? My, my, my brother told me a long time ago, he said, you want a fortune 500 man, but make sure you're a fortune 500 woman. Come on here. And it goes, it goes to show like, you know, sometimes we can be thinking, well, I want this and I want that and I want this. And it's like, well, are you doing what it takes to receive those things? God not going to give you one more than you could bear, but he's he definitely not going to give you something where you can't take care of the smaller things. If you're not being a good steward over the smaller things, the, the parable of the talents, you he couldn't do nothing with the one. Hmm. He couldn't do nothing with the one. He hit it. So, you know, for the one that had the five, he gave him five more. What are you doing with the one? What are you, do, what are you doing with the little things while you're single now? You want the big house, the picket fence, the dog in the bag, the children running around, the, you know, the flowers just because, I mean. The kid is just, she's describing her life, everybody. Just thinking. <laughs> Oh, we, we, we come a long way, but it took work. It took me to back up and he's still working on me. It took me, but it took me to back up and really just check myself, really just check myself and get down into the, to the meat and, and potatoes of it all and say, who are you and what are you doing? Ask and yourself you- that now, ladies, while you're still free. <laughs> And then are you willing to change? And if you're not willing to change, then you're not willing for, you're not waiting for a husband. You're waiting for yourself. Ooh. So that's, that's my thing. And the Lord knew my heart. He knew I'd be willing to change. Yeah, it was, it took a little time, but he knew my heart and he knew, you know, ultimately I want to do what's right in the sight of God. And that I did want a husband. I did want to be married. And I'm so thankful. Oh, (laughs) how awesome. How sweet. Some of the things you said a couple of times during this conversation, it reminded me of Proverbs 31 and 11. And it says the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And um, that goes into us knowing how to be a steward over what our husbands have. You know, that's beautiful. He, he can be the sole breadwinner, sole provider, take care of the home. But do we know, know how to steward what he places in our hands for the family, for the house, for the children? Um, is there spoil going on? You know, are we doing him evil? You remember scripture says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I really do believe the Lord is 
working on all of the single women who he has ordained to be married to become literally a good thing. Like this, is a, this, this is a good thing. Now, now his life will be better because you're there. It's not just because now, you know, he has someone with him at night that he can hold and, you know, somebody to cook his meals. But no, literally, because you have come into his life, it is clear and evident that he has obtained favor from the Lord. We want to be, Amen. we want to be favor for these, um, for these men. Okay. We don't want to, um, do evil to them and we don't want to bring spoil into their lives. So it's really important that we take into consideration this wisdom that sister Jakia has given us being um, a woman who was on the dating scene, who was courted, who's now married, who has a family and, um, who's on the other side and who has gone through deliverance and, um, you know, has gone through various things within her marriage that has made it stronger and that has caused them both to become wiser as they became one. Um, it's really important that we take those 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 nuggets of wisdom and those words from the wise um, to heart and that we really consider it and that we learn from it, that we learn to be whole, um, that we we learn to marry God and work on our relationship with him, be grounded and rooted in him first and that we learn to be good stewards and all those other wonderful, amazing points she has shared with us over these past two episodes. This has been absolutely amazing. I'm really happy. I'm so happy for the, I'm no, because when we think about the virtuous woman, you either think about it like, okay, well, she's already married and she, that's why she does those things, but God wants to implement and put those skills in us and, and that type of mindset into us while we're single. So that we can have a smooth merging because there are going to be so many things when we get married, um, ladies, that we will have to compromise on things Amen. that we will have to consider, things that we will have to change. And God is saying right now, let me work on what I can work on to make this transition as smooth as possible for you Amen. so that you won't be you know, so thrown off when he says, hey, baby, you're going to have to shave your legs. I don't have time for whatever kind of. <laughs> I don't know what kind of sanctification process you went through, but I'm ending it now. You know, like you don't feel like he's saying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what if, what if, you know, you just, you don't know who the Lord is putting you with and what they're like, but God does. And so if you let the Lord just work things out in you while you're single, when it's time it's on and y'all can send me wedding pictures and pictures of babies and stuff. I love when I get pictures of babies and families. Okay, y'all, y'all can do all that. And I will be rooting for y'all. I'm so happy for everybody who is listening in, um, who has humbled themselves to receive wisdom. Um, I'm happy for the wisdom I've received from Sister Jakia. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for opening up to us. I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you for you. Lord. <laughs> It's you mutual, y'all. It is mutual. <laughs> you've helped us. <laughs> Trust me. You've helped us um, in so many ways. And I'm, I'm grateful that you are our sister in the Lord. I'm grateful that you are my friend and mm. that um, you can, from a married woman's perspective, she can she can pray us all out of our, our, um, <laughs> our stubbornness and our unwillingness to get married. She'll pray you. She'll low key on the side. She'd be like, oh yeah, you don't want to get married yet? Yeah, okay. Father God, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so um, 
She's awesome. So can you please, I'm sad that this has to end, but it has to. Um, can you please pray us out and just speak over us prophetically, release some things, lose some things on everybody who's listening. Amen. Sure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father. We just thank you for what you're doing in this time and hour, Lord God. We thank you for the wisdom, knowledge, and the understanding, Lord God. We thank you for this platform, Lord Lord God, for the listeners, Father, and we pray over their lives, Lord God. We pray that they have a will and desire, Lord God, to receive their husband or their wife, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. The things that are preventing them, Lord God, from receiving that husband, Lord God, we come against it in the mighty name of Jesus. We come against, Lord God, that 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 spirit of uh, not being able to feel confident, Lord God. We come against, Lord God, that spirit, Lord God, that causes them to overspend, Lord God. We come against, Lord God, just that thing that causes them, Lord God, not to want to have that personal and deep relationship with you, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for their their lives, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for their spiritual spouses, Lord God. We pray right now, Lord God, that you continue to lead and guide them, Lord, that they become obedient, to you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we we are willing and obedient to you, Lord God. And whatever it is that you have for us, Lord God, we receive it in the name of Jesus. Every hindrance, Lord God, everything in our mind that tells us different, we command it, Lord God, we cast it out in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. Every thought and imagination that is against your word, Lord God, we cast it down in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Father, for being a good father to us, for being our Abba, hallelujah, for caring for us, Lord God, for being our spouse, Lord God, when we're in our singleness in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, because nobody can love us like you can. No one can care for us like you can. No one supplies for us like you can, Lord God. And we just thank you. And we give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, (laughs) y'all. We'll be back here next week for Surviving Singlehood. God bless you. Bless you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Destined Women Ministries podcast. I pray this fellowship was edifying, enlightening, and encouraging. If our fellowship blessed you today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. While you're at it, share this episode with friends, family, co-workers, social media followers, or anyone you believe would benefit from this teaching. And I'll be right back here every Monday and Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Destined Women Ministries podcast. For more information about this ministry, please visit www.destinedwomenministries.com.